Hello, my friends in Christ. Welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 69, and we are now in the second week of Lent. We're going to do the readings for the second Sunday of Lent of 2021. So, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. And if possible, stop by at the Informed Catholic Facebook page. Uh, leave a comment if it's possible. Or go to the Anchor uh, site. You can leave a comment as, uh, as well there. So, let's begin with our act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary of Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us all our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Lord bless this. Uh, podcast episode. Bless the readings. May your word touch hearts, convert souls, and bring people to everlasting life in your Son, Jesus Christ. Holy Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Guardian of the Church, Terror of Demons, pray for us. Saint Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. Saint Augustine, pray for us. Saint Jerome, pray for us. Saint Ambrose, pray for us. Saint Athanasius, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. All you holy apostles, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so, wow, we are moving pretty fast uh, through our Lenten season, as you can see. Before you know it, it's going to be um, Holy Week. <laughs> um, time passes by fast so um, I hope everyone is having uh, a good start to the Lent um, don't worry if you fail trust me I, I've had a few setbacks myself but the thing is as long as we stick with it and as long as we remember to um, just keep walking with Christ reading the scriptures praying that's all that's all, that's important because we're, we're experiencing it with him and he's with us every single moment of the day all right so the readings is going to be this is year b so we're going to go back to genesis so let's begin all right the first reading uh is going to be from the book of genesis the first of the five books of Moses. Uh, Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to 2, 9 to 10, 13 to 15, and going to 18. The sacrifice of Abraham, our father in faith. A reading from the first book of Moses, the book of Genesis. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Then he reached out, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not 
do the least thing to him. I know how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your only beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he went, took the ram, and offered it up as a holocaust in place of his son. Again, the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did, as you did in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and as, and as the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies, and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my commandment. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to read this one more time. A reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 22. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Then he reached out, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he went, took the ram, and offered it up as a holocaust in place of his son. Again the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you, di uh, as you did in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies, and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find a blessing. All this because you obeyed my commandment. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, this is an edited version. And, um, you know, they're focusing on the basics here, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm sorry to say that. Um, I'm going to read to you uh, the full unedited version. Okay? All right, this is from the... Um, Revised Standard Version, the first edition. It's, uh, again, from the first book of Moses, Genesis chapter 22. Okay? All right. The command to sacrifice Isaac. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the ass, and, and, the lad, and, I, and the, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, 
Abraham, my father. And he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound, in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Then Abraham put forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God and seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his, by his horns. And Abraham went, took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. I will indeed bless you, and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which, on the, uh, is, which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies, and by your descendants shall all the nations of the earth bless themselves, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. I'm going to read it one more time because I think it's necessary. The book of Genesis chapter 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay, stay here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, and he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on an altar upon the wood. Then Abraham put forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and beheld behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his, by, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son.
So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your, own, your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you and I will multiply your descendants by as the stars of heaven and as the sand of the seashore and which is on the sea uh, on the on the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies and by your descendants shall all the nations of the earth bless themselves because you have ob obeyed my voice so Abraham returned to his young men and as they arose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sorry I messed it up there at the end. Maybe I should just read it one more time. That one, Not, not the whole thing, but the part from verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you, and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies, and by your descendants shall all the nations of the earth bless themselves, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and, after, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, Psalm 116. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I said I am greatly afflicted. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the, of the living. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. To you I will offer sacrifice of thanksgiving and i will call upon the name of the lord i will walk before the lord in the land of the living i will walk before the lord in the land of the living my vows to the lord i will pay in the presence of his people in the courts of the house of the lord in your midst o jerusalem i will walk before the lord in the land of the living i will walk before the lord in the land of the living okay one more time I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I said I am greatly afflicted. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. To you I will offer sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. My vows to the Lord I will, I will pay in the presence of, of his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord. In your midst, O Jerusalem, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Okay. Well, this particular psalm definitely uh, is something I can relate to. I've been feeling, uh, well, it's not exactly a, a spiritual crisis, but it definitely is a test of charity, a test of uh, love. Uh, I've been having some really rough time uh, with my neighbor upstairs, unfortunately. Um, four nights in a row... Uh, this young guy has just been playing his music really loud and it's been making it very difficult. I haven't been able to, uh, like this particular podcast, it's coming out late. Um, I usually like to do it a day or two ahead, you know, so that way I can make changes, have, you know, uh, if I feel something is not right. Um, but unfortunately, um, I haven't been able to do that because if I do the recording, you will hear the music in the background. And this guy doesn't just play music. He plays his video games and stuff like that. And, um, well, I'm going to have to confess, um, uh, one, this, let's say Saturday evening, which is what time I'm making this podcast. I, um, 
I really just lost it. I mean, you know, he, he, Wednesday, he continued making his noise straight 2.30 in the morning. But not, of course, he lowered it, but you can still hear it. And uh, I've been having a lot of problems. I've been complaining to my landlord, so I had to. I made making recordings and dating the recordings. You can hear it clearly. Uh, the music, it's like almost like it's in my apartment. So, unfortunately, it's um, it's been tough. It's been tough for me. So, I'm, if any of you can just pray for me, it's really been hard because... I don't like, you know, I don't like, I don't like arguing like this. This is, this is ridiculous. But at the same time, you know, I have a mom to take care of. And unfortunately, the noise is practically right over her, her, her bedroom. The guy actually, his bedroom is right above my mom's. And he has probably a a smart TV and he plays these video games and he likes to play all these kind of music. He switches from one song after another. And uh, I have to, um, I'm sorry to say I really blew it. I, you know, I got really angry. I yelled at the top of my lungs, like the loudest I've ever yelled. Of course, he heard it and, you know, he just basically, uh, from his, uh, the safety of his nest, just taunted, you know. So pray for me. Pray that uh, this gets resolved. I don't want anybody to get evicted. I don't want, I don't want it to go that far. I don't want that. I mean, I don't, my landlord has been understanding, but unfortunately she does not want to, to, um, that is the mom, the guy's mom does not want to get involved because, um, I think it's easier dealing with a tenant, with a fellow neighbor, uh, neighbor tenant than it is dealing with a, a very difficult son. Well, anyway. How precious um, I believe, even when I was greatly afflicted. <laughs> well, we all go through that, don't we? I mean, technically, we all suffer. We all suffer something. Um, I think the most difficult part is probably spiritual affliction. I would say it's more, and I think psychological. Bodily afflictions, I, I'm going to say yes. Affliction of any sort, I think, is difficult for any human being. It's very difficult for anyone to deal with. And a lot of people, I think, um, go into a spiritual crisis, especially when it comes to believing in God. But to believe, as as the psalmist says, I believed even when I was greatly, I, I said I was greatly afflicted. Afflicted with temptation, afflicted with wanting to commit mortal sin, afflicted in that sense, and maybe afflicted when you, after you have committed mortal sin, but to still believe and not to despair is very, uh, very important. The, the second verse, when it mentions... Uh, I, I, I am, I am your, the, your, um, your servant, the Lord, the son of your handmaid. I don't know if you remember the passion of the Christ with, uh, Mel, by Mel Gibson and Jim Caviezel playing the role of Jesus. He takes the cross, embraces it, kisses it and said, I am your sir, uh, your son. I am your servant, the Lord, the son of your handmaid here to do your will. That is a very beautiful scene that is a lesson for us that we have to embrace our crosses Jesus himself said he who wishes to follow him must pick up his cross and do likewise we we will get we will not gain the graces we need to overcome temptation and sin and to be overcome the devil unless we embrace the cross and follow in the footsteps of our Lord it's a challenge it's easier said than done. But if we ask for the grace, we could do it. The Lord will never fail to give us the, 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 the grace we need, the strength we need. And the uh, part here, my vows. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
This is a part here I think is important. I'm sorry. To you, I will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, Eucharist in Greek. And I will call upon the name of the Lord. This, when you hear sacrifice of thanksgiving, always think of the Mass, the liturgy. It's pointing to the fulfillment in, in the New Testament. Whenever you hear burnt offerings or sacrifices or cereal offerings, those it's talking about the Eucharist and calling upon the name of the Lord. And then it goes on to say from there, my vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of his people, in the presence of the church, in the presence of the, the, the body of Christ, in, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in church, in the church of God, in the church of Jesus Christ, the new Israel. In, uh, in your midst, O Jerusalem, the bride of Christ, the church. All this is important. We have to think, think in, in that spiritual sense, that interpretation, in that typology. Everything is pointing to the new. The new is hidden in the old. And the old comes out like a flower in the new. And we, we are the new Israel. We are the new people. We are the new people. We have to think that way. All right, so let's move on to the second reading. And please, please, I beg of you, pray for me. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a saint and I'm not perfect. And I am... Like everyone else, I could easily, um, when I'm angry, especially since you're paying rent and everything and, <laughs> and you're trying to take care of a mom, it's very difficult. And here in New York City, it is not easy. Oh, it is not easy. Especially, it's very expensive. And especially when you're living in an apartment building, um, it can be very difficult, be un uh, unfortunate. You know, especially when you're dealing with neighbors that just don't think considerably, and especially when you're dealing with, uh, uh, you know, especially, a, I mean, he's not a teenager, but I'm sure he's, he's, he's grown up enough. And unfortunately, he's just a, an, an angry young man, restless. I don't want to say names. It would be, it would be wrong. But he's a very angry, restless young man. And he probably doesn't know what he wants. Doesn't know what to do with himself. And um, I got to pray for him too. Unfortunately, I, I you know, I, I lost it. <laughs> I held at the top of my lungs like in absolute anger. And I, you know, but it, Unfortunately, filing 311 reports, the cops don't do anything. And my landlord is, is trying to help, but I don't know. I don't know where, where it's going to go. But moving is a very difficult thing. It's not an easy challenge. You know, I mean, it's in, it costs money starting finding another apartment. Either way, you're going to probably find neighbors you can't stand, right? All right, let's move on. Okay, Romans, a letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 31 to 34. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn Christ Jesus? It is he, it is Christ Jesus it is who died, or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Let's do it again. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? 
who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones. It is God who acquits us, who will condemn Christ Jesus it is who died, or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but had him over for us all, how will he not also give give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn Christ Jesus it is who died, or rather was, who was raised? Who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all. How will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. Who will condemn Christ Jesus it is who died, or, or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who, in, who indeed intercedes for us. Okay, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so the gospel reading is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 9, verse 2 to 10. This is my beloved son. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain, apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them, along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what is to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus along, alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what raising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 9, verse 2 to 10. This is my beloved Son. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain, apart by themselves. He was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified that a cloud came casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice, This is my beloved son, listen to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. And they were coming down from the mountain. He charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what raising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so let's go over what we have um, been reading. The first part is Genesis. It's talking about the faith of Abraham. 
but it's also about the sacrifice of Abraham. The version I read to you, the first one is from the Missal, and it's the text from the New American Bible. One I'm not crazy about, but one that, um, unfortunately, we that's the text that we use at Mass. We don't use the RSV. Okay, but it's um it's an edited version. That's why I read to you the second version, which is the RSV edition. The first one kind of like edits the part where, you know, I'll give you an example, the part where it says where they're, as they're walking up the mountain, uh, Isaac, who is carrying the wood, uh, Abraham's son, asks his father, father, and Abraham responds, here am I, my son. He said, here's the wood and here's the fire for the burnt offering, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And then Abraham responds, God will, himself will provide a lamb, my son. They, they didn't put that part in there. Um, not too sure exactly why, but um, because really the text uh, should have it. But I think they're trying to focus on um, Abraham's faith. But still, I would prefer not to edit, edit, edit that part. But then again, I'm not in charge of the liturgy, right? I'm just a lay person. Well, I, that's why I felt I should read it. Well, the good, that's a good part when it's your podcast, right? <laughs> um, then we have that, you know, Abraham bound his son, laid him on the altar after he prepared the altar and took a dagger and about to sacrifice to offer his son up. And then the angel of the Lord stops him. Okay, now, typology that the church teaches is Abraham represents the father, Isaac represents the son, Jesus. The wood he's carrying on his cross, uh, on his back, clearly is the is a prefiguration of the cross. The fire that Abraham is carrying, the torch, is clearly the Holy Spirit. Um, the scene going up the mountain and Abraham's response that God himself will provide a lamb is clearly pointing to, remember that beautiful conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Also, it points to the words of John the Baptist when he sees Jesus coming to him, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Um, it also, going up the mountain is pointing to Jesus going to Golgotha, to Calvary, carrying his cross, which is Isaac is doing himself by carrying the wood. This is typology. This is how the the church fathers has taught us how to read it. This is how it was handed down from the apostles themselves. The old is hidden in the in the new, right? And the new, uh, the old is hidden in the. In, I'm sorry, the new is hidden in the old. And the old comes out like a flower in the new. The old, the new is hidden in the old. I reversed it. Sorry. The, the new is hidden in the old. And the old comes out like a flower in the new. This is the lesson of typology. And it's not hard to learn. If you read the Bible regularly, you will see it. You will learn it. It will come, it will, it will make sense to you. It's not hard. It's not hard. It just takes time, a little effort. Um, it's, it's all there. It's all there for us. 
It's all there for us. And I think really with all honesty, um, it just takes time. It, uh, you have to put the time in. And it's it's not a wasted time. It's time you will um, you will benefit from. You will um, you will appreciate. You will appreciate that you offered it because you will gain a lot of fruit from the you know from, from the Holy Spirit will will definitely reward you. It will be rewarding. It will be rewarding time. It will be time that you will give thanks to God because your eyes will be opened. Your mind will be open to the truth of scripture. Um, I think basically it's, you know, obviously there, the, the editing is speaking to those who already know scripture, but I don't like it when certain passages are edited. It, um, it bothers me, but, then again, you know, I think this is why um, people like podcasts like this are, you know, are, are necessary. And I think also like, you know, I think people like Taylor Marshall inspired me and uh, Ralph Martin and Scott Hahn and Church Militant uh, and like, like LifeSite News. I mean, you know, LifeSite News does a lot more uh, news um news reports about events, but still it's, it's helpful. And I think we as Catholics and as Christians, we, we need to help out, help out each other so that people can understand passages, um, or why, you know, you know, passages of scripture, what, it, what they mean. Um, but when you read, like say in the Psalms and you hear things like, uh, I believed even when I was greatly afflicted, Psalm 116, which follows next. Um, and then, of course, how precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of, the, of his faithful ones, of his servants. That is speaking about saints who put their, who put their lives on the line for the faith. And that's very important because we, um, we shouldn't be ashamed of our faith. And then the next passage, it talks about sacrifices. I mean, that, that is on, on, in the Psalm, the next line, sacrifices or burnt offerings. Whenever you hear, see sacrifices and burnt offerings, um, typology, again, is pointing to the Eucharist, pointing to the sacrifice of Jesus. Because the, the Old Testament sacrifice and burnt offerings and sin offerings is basically pointing to Jesus himself, who is the ultimate sin offering, but is also pointing to the Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus Christ on the altar that is very important to our salvation. Because when we receive, you know, we, we are baptizing Christ. That's also part of the, um, the sacrifice and burnt offerings, the um, the death of Christ on the cross, the agony of Jesus in the garden, Jesus establishing the 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 mass in the upper room, uh, Christ going through the flogging, the beating, the carrying of thorns, I mean the, the 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 thorns on his head, the crown of thorns that is, and then the carrying the cross, are all wrapped up as one. Of sacrifice and burnt offerings in the Eucharist. It's, it's the sacraments, the sacraments, all that, because it is through the bitter merits of Christ that we gain salvation. It is through his suffering, through his agony, through his uh, love for us that we have the seven sacraments that we have the, the the seven sacraments that ought, that give us what we need the the salvation he won this for us through his bitter passion through his through his love for us that's what that's how we gained it paul himself in the passage in the romans the romans uh points out that if god is is god is for us who can be against us that we have been acquitted acquitted through the bitter merits of Christ, through his passion. And then, you know, that we are, you know, have been saved. 
You know, he says here, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who did He did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all. You see, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? So we, he did not, he did not spare him, but, you know, he handed him over for us. If you notice the word here, like notice this, how many times he says for us or us, use the plural. If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all. Again, the plural. How will he not also give us everything? Give us again. You know, how will, how, who, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, how, who did not spare his own, his own son, but hand him over for us all. How will he not also give us everything else? Everything else, you know, he, he also gave us everything else along with him. He will give us the universe. He will give us the new heavens and a new earth. You see? Again, it's, you know, it's, it, it shows that it shows how much the bitter merits of Christ. Christ had to become human. Um, God always had love. He created us in his image so that we as human beings, we're not animals. We're not animals. We're not, we're not animal creatures. We're not cows, bulls, above all the creatures of creation, all right, we, we have, we are, we are more important to God because he has, he has created us in his image and his likeness. He breathed into our soul, his image and his likeness. And he has, you know, he has an investment in us. We are his, we are his children. You know, he, he could have just destroyed creation and wanted to start over again. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. Instead, he decided to, you know, he, he's a long, he's a loving and long suffering, loving God. You know, he's stern. He, ha you know, he, you know, he has, you know, his law is true and he's true to himself. And, and that's something he will not, he will not, um, he will not put aside, but he, but he's also a loving God, you know? And again, he goes on to say, who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us, who will, uh, who will condemn Christ. Jesus is who died or rather was raised who also is at the right hand of God, who in, who did, in who did intercede for us. You see, who interceded for us? God, you know, if God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but handed Him over for us, third us, or for us for all. How will He not also give us everything along with Him? Again, us again. Who will bring? a charge against God's chosen ones. It is God who acquits us again. Who will, who will condemn Christ Jesus? It is who died or rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who intercedes, intercedes for us. He intercedes for us. He become, he's our lawyer, our intercessor, along with the saints, along with his blessed mother on our part. All that is there. Now we get to to the um, the Gospel of Mark. They go up the mountain to Mount Tabor. Tradition, uh, tradition says, and up there on the high mountain, uh, Jesus. They're praying, and while they were praying, because the the other passages say they were praying, and while they were praying. An apocalyptic scene, a cosmic event happened. Jesus is transfigured. His clothes become dazzling white, far, more white than any 
any um, bleacher can get it bleached. And then Moses and Elijah appear to him. Moses and Elijah appear to him. And they begin to converse with him. And then Peter, James, and John, they barely, they can't, they can't, they can't look at him. It's impossible to look at him. It, this is an event that John later on will see in the book of Revelation. The dazzling Christ, the Christ whose face is like the sun, his feet like bronze, burning bronze. And then it goes on to say, Peter then says, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You know, they didn't know what to say, the tents, because it was the Feast of Booths, the Feast, the feast of Tabernacles. Uh, if you remember, often we see our Jewish um, neighbors, if you live in New York or anywhere where you have a Jewish population, they build these booths, these shelters, these tents where they eat, you know, they, they kind of like, they're not entirely covering. It's even when it's cold, it's almost impossible to, um, to want to sit in, sit out there, but they, they do it to, um, commemorate the 40 years that they traveled. But it's also called the Feast of Tabernacles. And what do we have in the church? A tabernacle. A tabernacle where the real presence dwells. Um, it's, it's also remembered when they were wandering in the wilderness, they had the portable temple, which was called the portable tabernacle. You know, where the Ark of the Covenant is in there, the the altar of the presence, the um, the menorah. And then the the altar of incense, which is inside the Holy of Holies, right before the curtain. All that is basically is called the portable tabernacle, and they would take it apart during whenever the the cloud would lift up, and the pillow, you know, the cloud would lift up, and then they know there's time for them to move. So it, it was it was a wandering pilgrimage, and now it's also is a type picture of the church wandering on earth basically because everything is a prefiguration because we Christians we don't have a country we wander we we are we live among the nations technically so that was part of it so peter says us build three tabernacles the translation changed it to tents which i don't like and then what happened was that the voice of the father comes up from heaven them from the cloud and says this is my beloved son listen to him notice that the father bore witness to the son and this goes again what going backward to paul and romans where we paul tells us that god gave his only son for us that into into intercede for us to plead for us on our behalf and then we have what happens in genesis where uh, Abraham uh, was about to sacrifice his only, uh, his only son. And another thing is, Isaac isn't his only son. Abraham has another son. He already sacrificed a son. Ishmael, remember, he was sent out into the wilderness because he was the son of the human attempt on Sarah and Abraham's part to fulfill God's prophecy of bringing an heir so the, to Abraham to, inher uh, to inherit Abraham's blessings and wealth it only resulted in a dysfunctional family and it only resulted in a more complicated situation for Abraham but he wound up being forced by Sarah to send his son out because she refused she refused for Ishmael to be under the same roof with Isaac or to have any partaking in Isaac's inheritance. You know, and he, with sadness, he did it. He turned the boy away, sent him out, only to cause, you know, uh, you know, he, he basically sacrificed him for an earthly reason, for an earthly um for the sake of peace, for his uh, 
his, his wife, Sarah. And now God then decides to test him. Well, let's see if you're going to sacrifice your second son. Well, let's see if you're going to do it for God. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting thing. Some people have a hard time because it's true. As the, as the priest in my church said the other day, if Abraham tried something like this today, he would be arrested. And Isaac will be traumatized and uh, he'll be uh, making psychiatrists and therapists wealthy. Uh, child protective services will be called. <laughs> it's true. But it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a test. Why? Why would he ask Abraham, uh, Abraham to do this? What was Abraham's state of mind at the time? What was going on through Abraham's thoughts? And I think I have the answer to some extent, a little different from what the, what the priest in my church said. Abraham was living in a land where there's a lot of pagans. And some of these pagans practiced child sacrifice. Abraham must have been a witness to some of those child sacrifices that these pagans were doing. And he was wondering to himself, these people are willing to sacrifice their child. And of course, coming from Babylon, he must have witnessed that too. He must have witnessed some of this horrible, horrible sacrifices. And it made him wonder, if this is the true God I'm following, he's not asking, maybe is, is would he ever ask me for a child sacrifice? Even after I've had this son, this at a miracle in my old age, would such a thing ever happen? Then God comes along and says, "You know what? Let's test to see your faith. If you know I'm God and I'm truly, truly God, you know that I am truly God. Do you really believe I'm truly God, or do you think those gods?" that these people sacrifice their children to. These false gods are really gods. Who do you believe is God? And he, he put him to the test. He put him to the test, but also he did it, he used this event to, to communicate greater, a greater event so that it will be remembered in throughout history and he used this moment to test his faith to truly put it that way the world would benefit from his faith and this is where the 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 prophet the, the fulfillment for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son instead of the world offering its its own the world and and truth truthfully we gain nothing by killing our own, our own children. We gain nothing from, what do we gain from sacrificing our unborn? What do we gain? What, what, what are we really gaining? I mean, look what we're doing now with the transgenderism and everything. What are we gaining from it? What fruits, what happiness, what joy are we gaining from it? What are we gaining from any of it? Are we really happy? Is our sacrifice gaining us anything? Even from, from our birth control, what freedoms are we gaining from it? What great blessings, what great graces are we gaining from it? What, what are we giving to ourselves? Nothing. Some people are winding up old and unhappy without families. Some are winding up old and unhappy now without husbands and wives and children. All of us. I mean, myself personally, I'm 50 years old, people. I'm 50 years old. I'm many people in my job to where I work. Many of them now are very unhappy. They're going to wind up alone. Without family without anything. Many of them have sacrificed themselves for their art and their career has gone nowhere. Nowhere. 
Many have sacrificed themselves for their for their careers or whatever, whatever they thought for whatever illusion they had in their mind, and it got them nothing. It got them nothing. All right, so these, you know, it's it's all there. It's all there. Okay, let's say, uh, and our Father, Hail Mary, and Saint Michael, and we'll say also the Nessian Creed. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the divine power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Okay. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father, before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. He rose again on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. All right, so uh, sorry that this came out late. Uh, I was planning to post it Saturday night, but um, I am having a little problem. I mean, not a little. I'm having problems with my neighbor upstairs. Um, it's one of those uh, unfortunate situations in New York. Unfortunately, he is, uh, it's a mother and son. And downstairs you have a mother and son living together. Of course, I, I'm the one who owns the apartment lease and everything. And unfortunately, upstairs, um, my neighbor's uh, son is a very restless, angry young man who is blasts his music loud and for long hours. I'm talking about long hours. Sometimes it could go from, on some days, well, let me put it this way. Last Thanksgiving during the shutdown, it went from 2.30 in the afternoon all the way to 10.30 at night. Yes, nonstop. And he, uh, Christmas Day, unfortunately, it went from 12 in the afternoon all the way to 7.30 at night or 8 o'clock, I think it was. It was all the way into the evening. Did we didn't we we had a horrible day. I mean those two days, those two holidays where you're supposed to rest, we didn't get any any of that. And um it can be like this on several other days. I mean it depends whenever he's home. Well unfortunately, you know, um I was deprived those particular days from making my podcasts. I mean, I make them ahead of time. And that's one good thing about the recording podcast. You can schedule them and they get released on a certain day. I managed to do that. But unfortunately, it's a different story 
I couldn't finish Saturday on time. And unfortunately, Saturday night, I lost my temper. Yeah, I blew up. I couldn't take it because he would start his noise, his noise, blasting his stereo system and everything. Unfortunately, it's over my mom's bedroom, but I can hear it clearly in my bedroom. And I, no matter what, unfortunately now living in New York City, we have living under de Blasio and Cuomo, there is no uh, justice or rights for taxpayers, for people who who pay their taxes and who get up and go to work during this shutdown and dealing with all the stress and everything. There is no rights for us, right? There is no rights for us. There's always rights for um, people who are... Um, Rowdy. It's always rights for those who break the law. It's always rights for those, but there is no rights for us. And I don't want to see anybody evicted. I don't want to see anybody out on the street. I went through housing court one time when, because of a, an unfortunate, um, let's say, misunderstanding of the lease mainly on my part, because my father didn't put my name on it. Um, it it basically is a horrible thing to go through a housing court. It's a I don't wanna I don't wanna go through that and I don't want I don't want the mom and son to be evicted. I don't want them out in the street. I don't want anybody to suffer that. I don't want to be the cause of that for anyone's misfortune. But this kid is a very unpleasant human being. And unfortunately, the mom doesn't want to deal with him. So I'm forced to get angry. I exploded really loud. I yelled at the top of my lungs like you wouldn't believe. And I think he felt it. And like a bird from its nest, all he can do is taunt. Well, this is what we have to go through. All right, so uh, please pray for me. Please pray for me. I, um, I know it's uh, it's it's not a nice situation. Please pray for me. Thank you. I'll be back soon, hopefully, God willing, with the other episodes. All right, God bless.